Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's WandaVision. Maybe I can get that coffee now? All right, welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and we are finally out of the bubble with episode four titled, We Interrupt This Program. Uh, We got a mysterious missing persons case, a new and improved woo, and a Darcy Times 2, with even more reveals to discuss as we dive deep and give you our thoughts on this week's jam-packed episode. But if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like Book Club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode, be sure to do so and then come right back in a snap. Before we get sucked back in and then shot back out of a town that doesn't exist, let me introduce you to this wonderful cast of special characters on the show with me today. As always, we have the James Bond of juvenile jargonization, Justin. In a parallel dimension next to him, we have... The kissable ketamine kid, Kevin Hudson. <laughs> and uh, and I think you might be able to hear him there. I, I hear him coming through a radio, static radio fuzz. Rejoining us once again as a reanimated corpse, we have the dastardly demon of dimensional dysphoria, Dr. Darcy Hudson. Okay, I'm not a doctor, but I do like the name. <laughs> there you awesome. go. Not too bad. Welcome back to the show. How are you fine folks doing on this uh, after this crazy revealing episode? That was great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about it with you guys. Well, before we get into the plot, let's get a brief overview on uh, your high-level thoughts on the episode. Darcy, as our guest, we will be starting with you. Uh, could you give us our, your thoughts on the series so far and then your high-level thoughts on this episode? I've been really enjoying the series so far. I've been watching it with the family at home as we're stuck during these strange, strange times ourselves. Um, and we're really enjoying it. I mean, some of us more so than others. But this last episode, we thought, really was a great way to explain all the mysteries, or some of the mysteries at least, that have been going on and you know, kind of plaguing us, the viewers, at the same time. So I've, I'm really enjoying it so far, and uh, the, yeah, this episode was great. Very cool, very cool. Justin, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I was right for once about something where I knew that this episode was going to take us out of the bubble and we were going to yeah. start to see the other side of it. Because I think if they went three or four more, let's say even three episodes more of the TV sitcom, it might get a look, okay, we need to see what's going on. Just kind of shedding a little bit more light about where we're at in, in terms of time frame, what's going on. I, I'm enjoying that. Very cool. Kevin, your uh, overall thoughts on the episode. Um, well, for our regular listeners, um, I'm the TV guy, if you will. Uh, and that's kind of been what I've been focusing on for this show. And so this episode kind of threw me for a loop in that I wasn't able to pull out those homages and that sort of thing from, you know, past television shows. And I personally hate when television shows go and do sort of a, a prequel type episode or a, sure. here's how we got to where we are. And so when it started, I was like, oh no, is that what this is going to be? I think it did it in such a fun, engaging, entertaining way and answered any questions you might have about what's happened so far, but also set us up for the rest of this season so well that it was just excellent. It was Really, really well done television. Yeah, I'm so uh, I 
I, I have to agree with you there. I think it, it felt very much like a movie that I wanted to keep going. Like, I think at the by the end of the episode, I was just kind of like, okay, we got through the... With, Where's the rest of the movie? <laughs> so, like, um, getting back to that sort of MCU feeling, I was just, I was, I was blown away that we saw this part of the story so early. Because again, I had predicted that we would see it on episode seven. So, I'm happy to eat my words on that prediction because this episode was so much fun, um, and it felt like a, a pressure valve release in terms of yes. things to speculate on. Yes, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, like usually these episodes, the, the reason I don't like them is because it feels like it stops all the momentum of the story, mm. right? Like you're running along, mm-hmm. you're you're getting these questions, you're seeing things happen, and then all of a sudden you get transported back and it's like, okay, yeah. I understand what you're doing. But this one, it while it was answering older questions, it was still setting up new ones yes. and progressing the story in a different way. So. I think that's why it succeeded and was so good at what it was doing. That was the strength of the episode. It answered some things, but it left a lot of things still open because they're still lost, right? Like they're all still lost as to what is going on. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at the whiteboard, Jimmy Wu's writing on that episode. He's asking all the same questions the audience is yeah. asking for. Yeah. Like, the entire, what, the first no, episode. It, was so. it too meta? Was it too like? No, this I is loved great. It. it was no. perfect. I mean, loved it was whole, fun. I love that right? whole episode where they're they were giving us they were from the same point of view as us, the viewers. They were viewing is just the same as us so i thought that was yes. a really really neat touch on the way of yeah. telling this story at least mm-hmm. well i loved all the questions that it answered and uh and all the questions that it brought up and uh, we're gonna dig into those questions as we go along here so guys let's get into the plot we open with this absolutely mind-blowing moment of monica rambo experiencing the blip causing her to reappear back from the snap that caused her and half the world's population to disappear in 2018. She comes to and then runs out of the hospital room to find chaos uh, as the hospital is immediately over capacity with the return of so many people back into existence. She runs into some guy who also blips back in in that moment and attempts to help him when she is then discovered by Dr. Harley, who informs Monica that her mom passed away from cancer three years ago, which was two years after she had disappeared. Okay, guys. So first off, let's break this down. I need your reactions to the scene. And can we break down where this might take place in our MCU and what that could possibly mean? Darcy. Well, I just think it's interesting that this is the second time now we've seen the blip, like people coming back. I mean, the first time we saw it was in Homecoming or yes. uh, the, the Spider-Man one, whatever it's called. Uh, far, far, far From, from Home. home. Sorry. Yeah. Second one. Yes. Where it's used as like a, almost like a joke. The marching band appears in the middle of the basketball game. <laughs> yeah. So it's very yeah. interesting to see this other side of things where it's complete chaos. Because it would be people appearing where they were for the sure. most part. In the middle of the road? In the middle right? of the road, yeah. anywhere. I mean, you got to think about too. They during that snap when they were talking about the decisions they need to make. Anyone who was in a perilous position, such as like a vehicle or something like that, had to be put somewhere safe. So even right. that, you got auditoriums of people showing up in the middle of a field. Now, how do they get out of there? So it was a very interesting new look on that. Uh, the blip. The main thing that stands out is that you know the the blip is is a timeline piece, right? There's before yeah. the blip and after the blip, and and I, Nate and I were we kind of chatted about that before, and and this is obviously just to set up. This is obviously after the blip, uh, but it was pretty quick. Like this is obviously right when she reappears, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's trying to figure out what happened. She feels like she fell asleep for like a minute, but she's been gone for five years. So she discovers that. So this is literally right after. And I guess at this point, Thanos is going to town on the Avengers base and they're they're pretty much at war right now. Yeah, I guess that's in, in to answer the question of the timeline. I feel like that's where this this is happening right now. 
Right. It's mm-hmm. right after. It's right after those moments. Uh, and then I believe I read somewhere that it was like, yeah, it's definitely far. It's like eight months or seven months before Far From Home. Was anybody else bothered by the fact that uh, people getting snapped back into existence looked different in this show versus how it did in Far From Home? I mean, that's under their control. So to make it look different just felt a little weird. I mean, I get it. It was but much slower. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, like it, I mean, it, that marching band just poofed back into existence. They where, back into existence. Where, where we this saw was a like, slow fade. Yeah, it was like by the atom, she she mm-hmm. sort of reappeared. And I so, kind of liked, I don't know, I preferred this version if I was I, to pick. Oh, I think it was yeah. a better way to yeah. do it, for sure, because it was the opposite of them, you know, dissolving into Slowly. dust. The yeah. other way, the other way, though, is funny. It's more comedic, right? Like, it makes yes. a laugh yes. out of it. That's, so. Sure. Uh, one last thing, too, is about this, the new way of bringing them back. It's because we got to see Monica's basically point of view as this was happening, uh, I'm not sure if you guys noticed like the, the conversation that we were overhearing was from Captain Marvel when she yes. was a kid, and it's it's almost interesting that like they were there like that was her co- like collective consciousness from the vast universe coming back to this central fixed being basically. I thought that was a very unique way of spinning that. Right. We hear we hear Captain Marvel say, um, you know, when they were handing out kids, they gave her the toughest one, like talking about yeah. Monica. Right. Or uh, and then she says Lieutenant Trouble, which was her nickname. And that's kind of what she wakes up to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just I love how this series is working kind of at, both as a deeper dive into Wanda, but also kind of acting like a origin story for Monica Rambeau, which I think is is a great way to bring in this character. Oh, I agree. Like this was 100% um, an origin story for a character we've pretty much only seen briefly as a child. Um, And now uh, talking with casual fans, uh, they still had questions about, you know, who she is, how we should know who she is. Uh, And I mean, I'll admit that if I hadn't read about it, I probably wouldn't be that clear on it. For sure, and I think for general audiences, she won't really matter until we see her again in in Captain Marvel. Like she's obviously integral to this, but I don't think like Darcy. She gets her powers from Captain Marvel, does she not? No, it's a it's a different space accident. It's like okay, like kind of similar to Fantastic Four, and that something an accident happened in space, and she was hit with a a blast of one of the spectrum of the light or whatever. Mm. So she gained that power. Interesting. But continuing with the plot, we get uh, we get to an aerial shot of Sword Headquarters. Uh, as we see a much more collected Monica walk in, uh, she attempts to use her now five-year-old access card, and of course it doesn't work. Um, acting director Tyler Hayward comes by to save the day and usher her deeper into the security offices. He lets her know all, uh, of all the ways the company and the world has changed since she disappeared uh, as they walk by a ton of technicians working on what looks to be parts for a spaceship or maybe a space base. Um, and then he he lets her know that she has been grounded as per the wishes of her mother if she was ever to return. She then regrettably accepts a missing person's case and is now off to New Jersey. Okay, a few things here, guys. First, what the heck are they building? And what did Monica mean when she says, it also says observation and response on that door, not creation. Are they creating sentient weapons? Are they creating mutants? What do you guys think? Darcy, go for it. I think uh, a lot of that observation and response division may be almost in a uh, like a, a response to uh, the Sokovia Accords. Because you got to think, since Civil War, we haven't heard anyone talking about, you know, 
putting away these vigilantes or super weapons or anything like that. It's kind of been put on the back burner. Right. So if this comp- organization is now taking it upon themselves to monitor and step in if there's a uh, a problem, I it seems like that's the route they're going. As for what they're building, if we're going comic book route, I they've got to be building their uh, satellite station. Like that is just that's they are known for. <coughs> Guarding from above, so that's probably what they're building or building something for that if they already have it. Right at the end of uh, Far From Home, we see um, Nick Fury up in that base. Maybe these are parts of that base, or yes, I mean, or eight, seven months is a short or, period yeah. of time, but like maybe they're building something for it. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, and they also talk about um, a, an astronaut training program that isn't going so well, right? And so. Um, are they alluding to uh, a possible fantastic sort of connection, if you if you will, <laughs> right? You know, uh, the, the the color scheme that we see for sword is 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 uh, blue, black, and white, which is obviously hearkening to the Fantastic Four. Uh, and just really quickly, Tyler Hayward, the director that we meet. Uh, there is a villain on Agents of Shield named Brian Hayward. Is there a connection there? Oh. I wonder. I have a theory out of left field here. I've just been thinking about Tyler Hayward, and I do not have a good feeling about acting director Tyler Hayward. I'm calling it right now. He's Mephisto, and and here's my theory. Okay, just like how Agnes introduces herself when she says Wanda charmed. I think he's literally the acting director of the cast that has been trapped in Westview. He's Mephisto. He's put, you know, he's part of that in some way. And the, the I mean, that's my solid theory. And then going a little bit looser with it, maybe the entire sword base that she went to wasn't real. I don't know about that so much. Uh, basically, from the, the first few episodes, uh, especially the, sorry, the one pool scene that is, keeps coming to mind. Uh, the devil's in the details, or and then it's closer than you think. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dottie and Agnes's reaction to Dottie, there's more there than yeah. meets the eye. Uh, clearly, like the devil is closer. I wouldn't be surprised if the devil is in Westview. Like mm-hmm. I don't think we're gonna see Hayward because I Hayward think the kinda... devil is Agnes's husband. Richard, yes, that, that, that makes more sense. Okay, 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 okay. Hang on, hang on, because we're getting to questions that I'm going to ask. So, okay, so Monica meets up with Jimmy Woo from the FBI, and he informs her that his missing person was part of the witness protection program. The two confront the two cops uh, who state they've never heard of Westview, even though there's a sign, like, right next to them, uh, and that they are from Eastview. Monica flies a drone further into town, and then it just disappears. She goes in to investigate, and she gets stuck in herself. Okay, guys. So, first off, who do we think, like, those cops had no idea that Westview existed. Like, and, and who is this missing person? Like, what was up with all that? Justin. Well, that's the big mystery, I think, is who the missing person is that's going to be, mm-hmm. that's in this town. And is it Agnes, or is it someone else that we just have not been introduced to? But I got to say, Jimmy Woo and his magic card uh, introduction. <laughs> yes, the callback. Yeah, to such a good callback. Good the, callback. I laughed yeah, okay. so hard when I saw that. <laughs> Great introduction. But yeah, uh, I think I think that's the more interesting thing here is that there's obviously a spell over these this town, over these cops. Yeah. Uh, it's becoming far more apparent. Is there? The sheriff's car was number 966. Now, if you just flip one number there, <laughs> you get 666. You're not wrong. No, You're not no, wrong. No. 
They seemed very adamant that no, there is no Westview. Look away, yeah. people. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So if they're the, are you saying that they're the devil? That they were Mephisto? Maybe that's agents of, of, of Mephisto. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I think it's just more uh, more of uh, Wanda's skills at play. Like uh, she's got, she clearly got like some sort of perception filter or whatever whatever you would want to call it around the town. Yes. Because looking into it, it looks just like a you know a kind of a quiet little town, and the, the sign is right there. But if anyone spends too clo- much time close to it, like these two cops or whatever, they're just convinced that it doesn't exist. That's I think it's definitely subconsciously Wanda. Again, if she's actually doing it, I I don't think she is personally. No, but. I'm hell bent on the idea that these two cops are in on it, yeah. only because if you look at the Satanic Bible, one of the princes, one one of the prince uh, princes of hell, Lucifer, his do- domain is apparently to the east or east view. Wow. Wow, you did a lot wow. of studying here. Mm-hmm. He even put Mephisto the eyeliner is... on to do his studying. Yeah. My God, <laughs> I'm just saying, boys. Yeah, I, I'm sure, like you guys, Darcy, you guys are right that it is sort of this, um, you know, carryover effect of Wanda, Wanda's creation. But what if, yeah. you know, what if they were stationed there to sort of keep people out? Now, just again, Mephisto in the comics isn't really just the devil that we know in, from our, you know, reality, will, uh, whatever you have you. It's a fictionalized one. So a lot of the stories have been changed and altered. So there's not really much correlation you can make between that aspect of the devil. Like He is the devil, but he isn't at the same time. He is their devil. And guys, I really think this missing person, I think, Justin, you nailed it. It's Ralph, right? It's Agnes's husband because so because we know it's a him because Jimmy says nobody has ever heard of him, right? Uh, and he's constantly mentioned in the previous episodes, but he's never around. And I just I think the missing person is the real world version of of whoever plays Ralph, right? Um, and maybe he was abducted by Mephisto, bringing Sword and Monica into the town so they can continue with this plan that they. I don't know. I don't know. The fact that the force field around the sh- uh, town looks like an old like tube TV, yeah, that's awesome, or, or something like that. It looks like the picture. I wouldn't be surprised if Monica's interaction with this force field on such a like frontal level leads to her powers later on in the series or uh, in the movie or so going forward. Well, I agree because that is a big question. Like, how did she get through the energy field? Yeah, because clearly Jimmy Woo is just like, can't you tell? I, it doesn't want us to investigate. Whereas yeah. Monica, the first thing she wants to do is stick her it's hand out and punch right it. So in like, there. Something, is, something is special about Monica as to why she was able to get so close. Uh, clearly, like Jimmy Woo maybe is more perceptive or he can't be affected as much because of his FBI background. And therefore, he can see the sign that says Westview and know something's wrong. Whereas the cops don't know anything is wrong and don't really care about it. Type I, thing. I, I think there's that. different levels of how they can be affected by Wanda's powers. And maybe Monica, again, is special in that she's not affected as deeply as others around her. I love that theory. I just don't know because Franklin, Agent Franklin went in. He was perfectly fine. Um, but I guys, mean, we I, saw him recast as the ice cream guy in the ven- uh, season three opening. So I don't know if he's fine. He's stuck in Westview now too. <laughs> he's, he's stuck in there too. Well, listen, yeah. we cut to 24 hours uh, and then we are reintroduced to Darcy Lewis. 
I mean, uh, Dr. Darcy Lewis. She recognizes that S.W.O.R.D. really has no idea what they're dealing with, uh, and she discovers a colossal amount of CMBR, or cosmic microwave background radiation. She requests a a not-flat TV, uh, and then discovers the sitcom that we've all been watching for the past three episodes. Uh, We see Agent Franklin enter the town in a hazmat suit, through the sewers. While watching the show, Darcy comments how, how Vision is dead. Not blipped, dead. Though, through a series of shots featuring digital tables filled with hexagons and a whiteboard with all the questions we fans have been asking for, um, you know, we see, a, we see a ton of New Jersey licenses featuring the cast of Westview showing us that they are real people trapped within this world. Guys, break it down for me. What did you catch in this series of shots? And why isn't Agnes identified? Mm, I mean, that's the biggest one, but... Right. Uh, Dottie also was among the list that they didn't call out by name, at least. So that's why she stood out to me, mm. uh, or is standing out to me as a, a potential question mark. Uh, what I find interesting is the fact that, like, CMBR is what gives us, or, like, affects TVs and gives them that, that staticky background. So that's a thing oh, that really? affects TVs. Oh, really? That's a real thing? Yeah, that is like the Big Bang Theory that they they mention is actually yeah. a thing. Like it blew up and there is still radiation spreading throughout on a oh, daily wow. basis. And that's what interacts with our TV. So it's very curious that that's what she's picking up on. And it's, again, going the whole TV route. So What else was created in the Big Bang? The Infinity Stones. The Stone. Infinity so Stones. That's, that's, again, yeah, a big commitment. Like if, if she has recreated the Infinity Stone, that our Mind Stone, sorry, in Vision's head then that would probably have similar like lasting results in the universe but maybe she doesn't have the gem after she recreated it like that's why she's being kept in this reality that's my opinion at least hmm. um but yeah no this scene was i noticed some of the stop shots we saw on the TVs as they're going around weren't necessarily from episodes we have seen ourselves right so it makes you wonder if there's more like they have seen more episodes than us, like one or two more. They kind of nod to it a, a couple of times. The, this scene just kind of further affirmed the point that they're that they're all trapped, uh, that the town is trapped. They're 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 part of this, uh, you know, this 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 illusion. Uh, you know, we've we've been discussing it in the last episode of of the Watch Club as well, where we, you know, we're hinting at the idea that they they are trapped and and that they they are aware of what they're trapped in at the same time like they're still playing along because they know that you know someone's going to smack their hand to get them back in order right so you see these characters breaking at the seam uh i did did love the when dr lewis is explaining her theory jimmy woo is just like it's just like so you're telling me the universe created a sitcom starring two avengers and that's literally like that that just pretty much summarizes what this whole idea right it's like of what's happened after everything yeah. so it's it was so it was so good so you know it was another meta moment in it and i i thought that was hilarious i i think it was cool i think it was it was very it was interesting to just get a little bit more of an affirmation as to s- some of the questions and, and that we've been having did you guys also notice um that jimmy wu had the word scrolls written down on the whiteboard so obviously they're aware of scrolls at this point um, you but do you think, guys yeah. do, you, do you think that they're planning on are they are they is it, are they saying like they're going to blame the scrolls for this or they're thinking the scrolls are involved somehow? Yeah, they, yeah. Like they're they they do not know the answer. They're going to throw down as many possibilities as they could uh, think up, basically. Mm. 
uh, it seems like the scrolls that we've been introduced to already are are much, far more peaceful and you know friendly than the ones their uh, comic counterparts. True. If we do see these bad scrolls at some point, it'll be an, out, an extraterrestrial threat, not so much from inside. Um, Sweet. But again, you mentioned hexagons, all the hexagon imagery, and that's something that we I noticed throughout the three episodes leading up to it as well. And it's just like, the hexagons immediately make me think of AIM, uh, and like that's just that's their symbol. I mean, I was already thinking that way with the beekeeper suit, but it's just funny that uh, they almost it was the hazmat suit was turned into a beekeeper suit. Makes me lead in all these on leads me to think that AIM is manipulating Wanda for some reason. That mm-hmm. is, that's just the the driving thought that I've w- gathered after these four episodes, basically. Cool. So then we continue to see Darcy and Jimmy catch up on this season of WandaVision uh, as they attempt to make contact through the radio uh, and think that they failed to do so. Then we see, or sorry, then they see the birth of the twins when all of a sudden they hear Monica reference Ultron. And then the show just for some reason cuts right to the end, like the show, the WandaVision show that they're watching. Then an alarm sounds stating the boundary has been breached and we get to see the moments that they missed as the camera enters into the TV. Wanda tells Monica that she isn't her neighbor and she's definitely not her friend and that she's a stranger and an outsider. Then she uses her powers to blast Monica through two walls of a house and into or through a wooden fence all the way out of town. She then fixes the house just before Vision walks in, and when she turns to look at him, we see a dead gray Vision. She looks away and then says, and then Vision says, "We don't have to stay here. We can we can go wherever we want." To which Wanda responds with, "No, we can't. This is our home." And then she says, "Don't worry, darling. I have everything." under control we end the episode with the camera panning in on monica saying it's wanda it's all wanda guys i mean oh it's so good okay so first what what are your reactions to dead vision and does this mean he's actually dead and then what does monica's final line mean by saying it's all wanda justin so yes, he is dead. He's obviously a recreation. My theory is is that he's a recreation out of the humanity within Wanda. She's creating this this sort of dream world and she's living a lie, and I think the only reasonable part of her conscience that is human, that is that has compassion, that has actual emotive feeling is being represented in Vision because he slips, he cracks at this, he's cracking and he's he can see that there's something going on. But more importantly, it, this this scene or this moment really solidifies what we're what we've already been kind of discussing, and that is that Wanda is in control of this. This is all yeah. Wanda. The, the, she wow. is the one that's creating this world. She's the one that's trapped everyone there. Now there could be someone that's pulling at that thread, like an Agnes, like a Mephisto. But the, the reality is, is that it's her. She is the one that's in control, which is why she's so confident when she says that line. Don't worry, sweetheart. I have everything under control. I'm with Justin here in that I think Vision sort of showing signs that he sees through, um, you know, like he's starting to question the reality he's been created in. Mm -hmm. It's Wanda's subconscious. I said it, uh, you know, in the last episode, it's her subconscious going, Wanda, this isn't real. Wanda, this isn't real. Right. And her creations are therefore projecting that doubt onto her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I personally can't see it going any other way, but I am dying to hear, Dars, how you saw this differently. Okay, so the main thing I took away is, like, I'm calling back to the trailers that we saw before the show aired, and one of the trailer shots from the trailer 
was Wanda recreating the Mind Stone in front of her, or at least that's what it looked like, where she right. like the yellow gem gets pulled together and she gets blown away. So my takeaway is that she was trying to bring back Vision, um, but I think she went to uh, turn to some other people for help, or Agnes maybe stepped in saying, "Look, you can do this if I can guide you." Totally. Um, but I feel like she tried to bring back Vision and was successful in recreating the Mind Gem, but was stopped before that could happen. And Vision's appearing dead was her reminding, like a subconscious reminder of, look, he is still dead technically, but you brought back that gem. Like that's why his vision is so vision-like is because his gem, which is his mind, is influencing this reality in some way. Because wow. he, is, he is part of the mind gem. She's already called out the fact that she could feel him in the soul stone along with Black Widow. At the end of uh, Endgame, they, they both know, uh, I can tell type thing. Uh so clearly, Vision is still in existence to some form, and if she brings back that gem, she does bring back Vision because he is tied to that on a, like a quantum level now. Wow, that, that's how I took it away. Also, the fact that she looked shocked and scared after what she, after rejecting Monica, she's like, "What did I just do?" That yeah. wouldn't she knew happen it wasn't on someone right. who's in control. Mm. If she, like if you were in control, you'd be like, "I just did that with an intention." But, the, I, I, but I I think though that there's 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 moments of both. Like she's 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 cracking. She's unstable. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like as much as what's around her might seem like it doesn't even seem that stable. There's there's constant little breaks in the moment, right? So I'm not doubting that she created this vision, but I feel like she's not in control, and this vision is her subconscious way of telling herself, like you need to question the reality. Don't go along with everything. Don't think this is as happy go lucky as it is. Yeah. But I think that again, she's like she is not in control like she says she is. I think that's more someone's behind the whoever's thing, yeah. someone's controlling her using that again. That mind stone is an effect here to some to on some level. If someone's using that, it'd be very easy to influence. You know this Scarlet Witch when she's so you know uh, emotionally unstable. Right. To be able to capitalize on that and then have her create this world to keep her trapped. Yeah. While exploring reality or possibilities with this mind stone, because who knows this this again that they said that that barrier could get bigger. Yeah. And that could just be this could just be like Aim or Agnes's way of controlling the world at some point. I agree wow. with you that someone's pulling that string though, and and, yeah. and benefiting from Wanda's grief. Do you know yes. what I mean? And yeah. like empowering her while she grieves and she creates this, right? So I I see yeah. that theory. So it'll be interesting Mephisto. to see how it all turns out. Yeah, Mephisto, yeah. right? Like he's. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all goes. The only thing that's like really, really, really keeping me on this as a Wanda thing and not necessarily controlled by somebody else would be the end credit song that they played. Really? Uh, yes, which was uh, Voodoo Chili by uh, Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Now, lyrics in that song include uh, something about creating your own island, stealing the time of others and seeing the dead in a new world. Now, if that nice. doesn't just outwardly scream, this is a Wanda thing. Uh, right. Now, now I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to come around that, yes, it was her intention to create this world, but that is being manipulated by an, al uh, an alternate sort of uh, force. So, uh, yes. it, I, yeah, I think it's this... That was her intention, but that's being manipulated. And that's where we're really going to get the, the crux of the story. Yeah, guys, just before we get to our, our final thoughts on the episode and a review score, I just want to quickly float one more theory out. And we kind of we kind of sprinkled it 
you know, throughout the, the episode talking here about Monica. Um, but she already has her superpowers, guys. Like, I know she gets them in the comics in a, in a different way. But at the top of the episode, when she ran into that guy who fell down, he fell down hard, like hard. And when, when she gets blasted through the house and through a fence and then lands a pretty high drop on her back and seemingly survives... Like, I think she's already got those superpowers. And to your point earlier about the, the, the energy field and how she touches it, how she interacts with it, I, I think she's either not aware that she has them or she's keeping them a secret. I think this is the event that, that gave them to her. After being yeah. blipped back, she's clearly got some, some stuff going on with her on a quantum level. It. Everyone who was blipped back is affected in some way, obviously. See, I like yeah. that because my favorite theory that I've seen about the MCU that hasn't come to fruition yet, just because they haven't gotten to that part of the story is that the snap, the blip, everything like that is what creates, you know, mutants. That's what creates something in this universe that leads to the mutants that we'll eventually see. Uh, And so if that's the case, right, her getting blip back gives her the power that is then, sort of brought to fruition, brought to reality as she hits that force field. You know, it awakens something that's in her. Like, I'm all down for that. When she touched it, she was kind of like, oh, like she felt it. Yeah. She felt something. She was kind of happy in that moment. I I was, you know, I think that to Kevin's point, this could be a a way of how they justify things like uh, Ms. Marvel getting her powers, right? Like if if the blip caused her to have oh, a, a so mutation cool. and then that would further open the door for you know a new generation of of x-men uh that can be featured um but it it yeah that's that's pretty crazy to think that maybe that's how you know her powers get introduced because that would be definitely an alternate take yeah i i was just going to say that like the earlier you uh, one of you brought up the fantastic four and that'd be a great like with sword all of a sudden becoming this forefront or like a, a, a prominent character in or our position in the MCU universe will lead to them, uh, as well as again the mutants, like you said. The Wanda is a mutant in the comics, so for her to have an, uh, a hand in explaining or, or creating the reason for them to exist, I think would be a really cre- uh, cool way of calling back to her again the character's origins. And so then, does that mean that you know, with all the snap and the blip and everything, we get? not only um, alterations to people who were on Earth and affected by the snap, but also in a cosmic sense. And this, and again, harkening back to the astronaut training program that isn't going well. So there's also a cosmic element that was sort of created in all of this that we get the Fantastic Four from that cosmic element. We get mutants from the on Earth sort of presence of whatever happened, like like they're they're just setting themselves up so nicely here. I think. Oh, the snap affected the entire universe, so we're only yes. seeing results or the the after effects on Earth. With Guardians coming up in Captain Marvel two, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they start opening the door, being like, and now we ha- this is what happened in space when he when the everyone came back. So, cool. Car- Car- Captain Marvel hinted to that in in Endgame, right when they did the five year mm-hmm. jump forward, and she's like, "There's a lot of people in the universe that." There's a yeah. few more people than just you yeah. humans, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely, and and I think it's it's so cool just to see how much they can really expand this overall. Um, Want to hear your your final review score and maybe a few thoughts on the episode overall, um, guys? We're going to be rating this on a scale of one to five cosmic microwave background radiation or CMBR. Um, so, <laughs> Darcy, we'll start with you. 
Uh, again, I, I said I really liked the episode. I thought it was a great way to start explaining some of the mysteries that they, they've presented uh, over the course of the three episodes. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing where what happens in the next few things because you can tell we're diving back into the TV uh, going forward. They wouldn't give For us sure. two of these outside the bubble episodes in a row. I feel like that's giving away too much. Correct. You got to yeah. hold their hands close to their chest. But yeah, I loved the episode. Uh, I probably have to give it like a solid five because again, I, I loved how they, the exposition they used. Like they explained a lot of the mysteries. My mom was, you know, kind of half on board with the show. She didn't know what was going on at all. And after watching this last episode, she has completely came, come about. She's like, now this is what I like. I like knowing where the mystery is going without sure. knowing what the mystery is entirely so this is i think a really big uh, uh a big episode in the fact that it's explaining some of these things that people couldn't quite wrap their head around very cool justin i gotta say right off the bat uh, i'm gonna give this episode a 4.2 uh was it cr crm or C- cm cmbr you'll get it right one day cmbr yeah <laughs> 4.2 CBA C I don't even know. Um anyways, this episode <laughs> this episode was great. It did it it finally answered a lot more of what's going on. I love the meta qualities to it of, you know, in many ways sword is us. Uh, you know, yeah. it, that was pretty evident in the first episode as, you know, the camera pulls back on the screen and we've just watched the first episode and the book closes. We are in the same position as them. Uh, and that's just littered throughout the episode as they try to unravel the mystery of what is going on. Uh, but at the same time, planting new mysteries, uh, really establishing like what is going on. So I'm excited for the next episodes. And, and to Darcy's point, you know, taking us out of the TV world and bringing us into the real world for just a, an episode and then going back into the TV world makes sense because you've answered some questions while establishing some new ones rather than just doing like a whole stint of like, let's say seven episodes of just different sitcom genres, not really sure. answering anything or explaining what is happening. So it, it, it is, it is smart. So I, you know, Nate, you've called it probably the last two episodes, eight and nine will probably exist in the real world. I think yeah. that's safe to say. I think the next three episodes we will get will be the next three generations of TV. Very cool. Kevin. So as I mentioned at the, the, the top of the, the podcast here, I was very hesitant as the episode started thinking, oh, no, not this one of these flashback episodes that kills all momentum. And this did the exact opposite. It answered any burning question we might have about what we've seen without giving anything away. So we're still completely in the dark about where this thing is going, but we now have a solid footing about what we've seen, why things are happening the way they are, and it's just, they've left so much open, uh, and it's so exciting to see where things are going. And I think I've been very, very nervous about Marvel going into things like... um, you know, alternate dimensions or what, what are they going to call it? Uh, uh, multiverse. The multiverse. Yeah. I'm terrified yeah. about it. As a casual fan, I'm just so, I was so nervous that it was going to be over my head. I was going to need to know stuff from a hundred different comics to understand what's going on. But if this is how they're going to sort of hold our hand. And again, it wasn't like, you know, this is how it's going guys. It was very like, fun and engaging and exciting to discover things. And so if this is sort of a preview about how they're going to do some wild, wacky, alternative storytelling style things, like I am, I'm more excited for that direction than I've ever been before. 
I am giving it 4.6 uh, cosmic microwave background radiations out of five. That's a 4.6 out of five. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to everything you guys are saying, I, I really enjoyed this episode so much for its, its, its meta-ness. Like, I loved... I love meta narratives and my eyes were literally darting all over the screen faster than they ever have been before with the series. Um, and getting to see the B team members of the MCU come into the fold to star in this episode, right? Like Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel. And then you got Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man and uh, Darcy Lewis from, from Thor. It's kind of just really cool to see these sort of B team characters coming from the B movies into this main story. And I thought both Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis were so much fun. Justin, to your point, it was great to see S.W.O.R.D. as the catalyst for the audience here, showing that for the most part, they, they know what we know. Um, and, and, and the coolest thing I think about this is this is where it felt like phase four actually is starting. Right. And, and I can't wait for more, um, because it just feels like this is, this is where we, we, we start going off here. Um, cause everything happening within the Wanda world, within the Wanda TV show, I just didn't, it doesn't feel like that's progressing the world that we know forward. So it's, ha I'm happy to see that that's happening. Um, and I know we'll have to have a little more patience going forward as we, we hop back into the sitcom side of things, but, um, I hope we get a good mix from now on. And, uh, and, and this episode, like episode two had the right mix of, of plot and intrigue with a dash of comedy mixed in. And it was just so lovely. And I loved it so much. I'm not going to give it a perfect score yet because I don't think we're there yet. We're only at four episodes, people. Um, so I'm going to give this episode a 4.5 out of five on the old CMBR scale. Great stuff. Um, guys, at this point in the podcast, um, we're going to just quickly air any predictions, any crazy wild predictions we have as to where we're going to go, uh, maybe even in the next episode, or if you think you've got a prediction for the series overall, if that's changed from last week, feel free to shout it out, guys. What's the vision? This is normally where I would give my predictions about the next genre or the next shows that they're going to pay homage to. Uh, and so I can't really do that. I'm sticking to what I said at the, the end of the last episode. We're going into the 80s. We're going to get some Family Ties vibes. Um, we're going to get that swinging kitchen door moment. Sure. Um, yeah. I just loved how this episode was called We Interrupt This Program. And I think for the next episode, you know, we now return to our regularly scheduled program. I don't think it's going to be three straight episodes of that. I think we might get a combo of both. Very cool. One of my, the main things is with the kids, you know, being born now, they, I think they're going to play a major factor. They're clearly, yes. someone clearly wanted those two kids to exist with, with that whole second episode being for the children. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I, I, someone is clearly, they were trying to drive Wanda to, to make these kids. And I think uh, they are going to play a bigger role in the future of the MCU. Uh, we already know that uh, America Chavez will be introduced in the multiverse uh, movie. We already have uh, Cassie Lang having aged, possibly going to be playing Stature. They're clearly going to be leading towards the Young Avengers in the yes. future of the MCU. Mm -hmm. And we can see uh, Tommy and Billy, also known as uh, Speed and Wiccan, yep. uh, definitely going to be going forward and playing a role in that uh, movie. So I, I think it's going to be really neat to see how they spin these characters You know, as they age. We're going to see them grow up in the next few episodes, that's for sure. Right, because so, that's a TV thing, right? Very yeah. much so. Mm, yeah, that, that mm -hmm. was going to be my question. It was for you, Dars. Like, are these kids therefore real? They are real. Like, you think they're real, they're legit, they're not uh, just a, a creation in Wanda's mind? Uh, so going from the comics, because that's where I draw all my knowledge from, of course, but uh, <laughs> they are 
there are two beings created around the soul, uh, two shards of the soul of Mephisto. So they are connected to the devil to an extent. Uh, they were considered real. She raised them, and then Agatha Harkness forced her to forget them after they were being they were erased from existence and given back to Mephisto. A lot of convoluted stuff happened, but they ended up coming into existence again, and they are for sure Vision and Scarlet Witch's kids, and they are a real thing. So, like, I don't know. They have a very odd history in the comics in that they existed, they didn't exist, they were forgotten, so their convoluted storyline could easily work with this show because jumping forward 10, 20 years or whatever for them would be just natural or to the norm well that was that was going to be my next question so do you think that we are going to see them age uh as quickly as sort of the pregnancy did right to sort of catch them up with the other young avengers if you will i totally see that going the case uh, just because again if you think back uh, at least the theory my theory and a lot of other people's theories going around is that the reason reason why we're seeing all these sitcoms is because that's what wanda grew up watching for sure sokovia in captivity of all these old american uh, sitcoms, so she thinks that's the ideal uh, life. And when you look at those old sitcoms, babies always grow really fast because it's easier to tell a story with a, an older child. So like we're going to see sure. them advance because then they can hit those you know tropes about going trick or treating on the first night, like we've seen in the trailer before, or you know their first date or something like that as they get older. Yeah, it's the old soap opera thing where yeah. you know a character will have a baby. Three episodes later, they'll be sixteen years old, getting their driver's Exa- license, yes. <laughs> but the other characters haven't aged a day. Yeah, for yes. sure. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna just kind of go out of turn here with my what's the vision? Um, just because, yeah, I definitely think we're going to get to a point in the series, probably the ninth episode, where Wanda has to make a choice. Do you want Vision back? Do you want these kids to be in your reality? Do you want them to be back with you? And I think that's going to be the case. Um, it's funny though because a Wanda's <laughs> choice, if you will. Exactly. Um, my uh, my. It's funny though because my dad called me right after he watched the episode, and he never calls me about any anything TV where like he never does the we got to talk about that episode. I thought you like, were going to end there. That. He just never calls you no, in no, general. No. <laughs> I was going to that's so me. sad. He yeah. called no, he calls me all the time. But he he called me and he was so stoked to tell me his theory and he's like he's like okay, okay, are you sitting down? I'm like yeah. He's like Wanda is Ultron. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, that would be crazy. I really don't think that's the case. I do think it would be awesome if Ultron showed up somehow on the show in some way. Um, but I really think the next episode, obviously, we're going back to Westview. We're going to get our 80s, maybe even 90s in the same episode. Um, and I think we'll we'll get back to Monica around episode seven or eight, and then it's going to be real world stories all the way till the through the finale. Um, I really hope we uncover more about Monica throughout the show because, as I said at the top, I, I think that the show can be a great origin story for that character. Justin, what's the vision? I think I've kind of talked about it extensively already. I think Mephisto's involved in this somehow. Uh, the introduction of the kids obviously hints at that. Um, you know, Agnes is is one hundred percent going to be turn out to be Agatha. They they just keep hinting at it in in so many different ways. One hundred percent. But I, I, I'm with you, Nate. I think it's going to come down to a choice of who she's going to want to keep, if it's going to be the kids or if it's going to be Vision. So uh, I'm excited to see what will what will come. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's I think this is just, you know, further down the rabbit hole we go. So well, let's go, guys. I mean, what an episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's crazy and speculative 
filled episode of Watch Club. Uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, you can tune in next week to hear our thoughts on episode five, uh, where we'll have even more to discuss and maybe even another special guest. Um, also, if you don't know, uh, we have more than just Watch Club. We also have our regular episodes of the Geek-Centric Podcast with our second episode of the year, um, where we actually look forward to all the wonderful movies, TV shows, games, and collectibles uh, that are coming out in the year of 2021. Um, so go give that a listen. It's out now. Feel free to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you want. Um, also, if you want to write into the show and let us know, what are some of your theories? What's the vision for you? Um, do you think that Wanda's Ultron? I mean, we want to hear it all. So <laughs> if you want to write into us, uh, I'm speaking to you, Dad. If you want to write into us about all your crazy theories on what's going on in this wonderful Disney Plus TV show, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, Justin... I seem to have misplaced my whiteboard where I had it written down. Can you maybe tell me? That's uh, wearegeekcentric can... at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. All right. It feels like we're going back in time now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're supposed to be going forward anymore. in time. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Justin, Kevin, Dr. Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for today's Watch Club. And as we say, WandaVision. Vision.